Misfits in the Book of Mormon is now available on Amazon.com. Who were some of these misfits in the Book of Mormon, and what can we learn from them about belonging in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? And how can we fill a stronger sense of belonging with Christ? You can find out more by reading Misfits in the Book of Mormon, now available on Amazon.com. You could also check out my other books, including Oh Lord, My God, The Jesus You Need to Know, The Prodigal Son, and I Survived, Now What? Finding Meaning from Loss. Hello and welcome back to Misfits in the Church, a show designed to help individuals who struggle with belonging in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My name is Jerry Cook and I hope that you're having a wonderful day and that it's only going to get better. So regardless of whether you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or not, if you're a member of any affiliation, I think that you will relate to and connect to this particular episode. There's a lot of things that we say in church and outside of church that can lead to hurt feelings. And that might that might happen for us as well. You know, it may be that we've been offended with some of the things that people have said at church about us or to us or behind our backs. Or it might be that someone was saying that they care and then their actions or their behaviors haven't been consistent with that. And so these are the kinds of things that are very valuable for for people who are struggling with belonging or with with attending a church is that a lot of times they won't feel comfortable there because they don't they don't really trust what people are saying is necessarily true. And that's that's a really big thing, particularly in church, you know, as members or as followers of Jesus Christ or in trying to be devoted followers of Jesus Christ, we really need to make sure that our actions are consistent with our words. And so today we're going to have a little bit of fun, but also we're going to, we're going to, um, won't pull any punches about some of the biggest fails that people say in churches and how that leads to people struggling with attending church. And this could be, this could be helpful for you, if you're a church member who is trying to help someone feel more comfortable in what within your church, and uh, then a little bit later on, I'll also talk about well, what if you're the one who's been offended? What if the one, what if you're the one who doesn't feel comfortable with going to church? And so I'll talk more about that at the end as well. So one of one of the biggest fails that I think are in in many churches is this. You know, if you if you don't go there for a while, and then you then you finally, quote unquote, finally show up, and people are like, oh, where have you been? I haven't seen you in like forever. Where have you been? You know, and I, I'm trying to do my best, Valley Girl. I don't know if that's working or not, but uh, I I had a a friend in a previous congregation, and he he was a divorced father, and really when he's looking out at the church, he doesn't see a lot of divorced fathers with their children. And so he, he felt different. He felt like a misfit in, in the church and um, really was bothered by how people would pry into his business. Oh, why did you get a divorce? And what happened? And, 
you know, he's he's trying to go to church and fill the spirit of the Lord, and and here's everyone just kind of getting into his business. And so there, he got to the point where he just quit quit going to church. And but when he did periodically go to church, they would say things where they were saying, um, you know, where have you been? I haven't seen you in forever. And he he was he, he was the kind of guy who was very very direct, and a lot of times he'd come up to me and he'd say, "Jerry, I hate it when people say that. I mean, it are their legs broken? Are their cars broken? Is their internet broken? Is their cell service broken? Um, you know, are they laid up in bed? If if that's true, then I could handle the things that they're saying." But they're saying that they love me, they care about me, they wish they could see me more often. And it's been two, three, four months since I've been at church, and I live down the street from many of these people. Can't can't they come say hello? Can't they can't why is it only I mean, is is there a rule that I could only see them at church? Or is there a rule that they could only care about me at church? And it, it's kind of those those things where, you know, if you don't want to be known as as people who drop off a loaf of bread and be like, oh, okay, you know, I really hope that you're interested in the gospel. Oh, you're not? Okay, I guess I won't ever see you again. And that's kind of how it feels for, for some people who struggle with belonging in the churches when th- this disconnect of, wait a minute, you're telling me that you love me, but you're you're not showing it? And that's that's more problematic. I don't need more confusion. I don't need more of that unknowingness um, in, in, in my life. I don't need more duplicity in my life. I don't, I don't need more inconsistencies uh, in, in my life. And so a lot of people just quit going to church for, for that reason. So definitely I would say that would be one of the biggest fails is, oh, I haven't seen you in forever. Now, I think there are some exceptions to that. I don't think it's necessarily always bad. Let's say, for example, if you're part of a congregation and a young adult goes off to college and, you know, they come back to the to the ward or the congregation and, oh, I haven't seen you forever. You know, that's that's probably different than if you make it seem like, oh, we're best buds and this is the only time I could see you at church. And why haven't you come to church? And, you know, it's it's those kinds of things that really cause the biggest problems, I think. Okay, uh, another one and you'll see that they all have kind of this underlying inconsistent kind of a theme. But a second one is when people say, oh, you're going through a hard time sending sending prayers and well wishes your way. And it we've kind of gotten in society to be people where we're going, okay, hugs and, hugs and prayers, hung, hugs and good thoughts being sent your way. And and I always think, what, is, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, to have uh, hugs and prayers and well wishes sent your way. Is, this, is there this mystical or spiritual or emotional mailbox that I'm just not familiar with where, you know, you just, you just think these good thoughts and they just magically transform, you know, from one body to the next and it helps them magically in their lives? Um, now I think people, for the most part, are have good intentions about that, but at the same time, that kind of thing can never never substitute substitute, excuse me, for um, you know good behavior. If you're saying, "Oh, sending well wishes and prayers your way," 
but you never see them, you never call them, you never show up at their doorstep to help them out. Um, you know, it feels feels a little little empty for sure. Um, so let, let's focus the, the third one as an epic fail. I'm going to kind of extend on this point about I'm praying for you. Oh, you're going through a difficult time. I'll be praying for you. And I admit I'm guilty of this one where sometimes I'll say, well, I, I'll pray for you or I am praying for you. And then I'll go days or weeks and I'm thinking, I have totally forgot to pray for them. That should be the, I mean, if you're going to say that you're going to pray for someone, I, I mean, pray. Don't don't just put it in your prayers. Oh, yeah. You know, Heavenly Father, please remember Joe. You know, please remember Janet. Um, you know, let's let's really pray for them with real intent and with real faith and a mighty, mighty prayers. Let's give it all that we have. Let's plead with God as if we're going through those things, as if we're having those burdens to ask God to bless them. And kind of like before, you know, faith without works is dead. And so if there is anything that we can do, hey, we could we could pray that a mountain is moved from someone's life. And But at the same time, we can uh, go out and start shoveling and trying to move that mountain, you know, at least given it our our best efforts. Okay, another one is where in our society and sometimes even in our churches we avoid saying that we're going to pray for people, and um, and 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 there's this there's this criticism today in our culture, and and it has a lot to do with really this gun gun debate. You know, a lot of people who are against against guns are coming out and saying um you know heck with the prayers you know let's let's actually do something about it and i and i think there is some validity about hey let's do something about it don't just pray but at the same time i think a lot of times in our society and i i don't know if bringing up guns was the best example or not wasn't meaning to get political about it but uh in our society i think at the same time we kind of dismiss the importance and power of prayer. Do we really believe in a God of miracles or or not? And um, so, so it's not just about saying that you will pray for someone else and doing it, but actually praying. Do we really believe in prayers for people who are struggling with belonging in, in the church? Do we really believe, again, that God is a God of miracles and he could help people regardless of the circumstances? And so I think we need to be careful that just as faith without works is dead, um, you know, a lot of times works without faith is dead. We, we, need, we need both. We need prayers and we need efforts. We need, we need grace and we, we need works when, when helping people who are struggling with belonging in the church so I want to turn my attention now to those who are struggling with belonging in the church. And my emphasis of this podcast is really for those who are struggling with belonging in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But you could be struggling with belonging in any church. It certainly could be any, any faith or denomination. 
And here's here's my thought for you. Here here's a thing that I've been trying to push all along from a Church of Latter-day Saint perspective. And it is something that I had to learn and experience myself, someone who struggled with belonging or fitting in or feeling like I fit in to the church, where it feels like everyone else has their lives together or I have I have some awkward tendencies and you know it's it's kind of like oh how do i you know how do how do i fit in how do i feel like i belong here when i don't you know and um what i've learned is and i know i know it probably seems so simple just by saying it but the truth is that i had to truly not only know but i had to feel that i completely belonged to Christ, that I completely belonged to, to God, and that I would be able to bring that feeling into church. You see, I, I, I had to get to the point where I didn't have to depend on other people and how they treated me and how they saw me for me to feel like I belonged. And I'm I'm doing better with belonging in in the church. But again, my faith doesn't depend upon how other people treat me. My 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 willingness to go to church is no longer dependent on how other people see me. And again, it's um you know, my my hope is that you will feel comfortable, that you feel safe, that you feel like you belong in church of whatever denomination that you are attending. Um, but I, I think sometimes we have to be careful about that. You know, there, there's kind of this, this not only science, but almost a religion of belonging today. There's so much of an emphasis on it that I that I worry that sometimes our faith, our faith is sometimes in people and our, our dependence and our trust is in man and helping us. You know, we're putting that responsibility on them. I, I need you to make me feel like I belong in God's church. When the answer is really that we need to feel like we belong to God first. And then we need to bring that into church. Now, I'm, I'm not saying quit going to church until you feel like you belong with or to Christ, I'm simply saying working on those two things together or collectively. Just when you go to church, don't, the, the goal isn't, yes, we want other people to treat us right. We want other people to see us in a, in a positive light. But when we, again, when our trust is in how they are treating us, our faith is in people. And, but the reality is that our faith needs to be in Christ. And so that's my invitation for each of you today is to really look at yourselves and ask yourselves, if you don't feel like you belong in church, where's, where's the first step? What's the first place that you need to be looking at? Do you need to be looking at how other people are treating you? Or do you need to be looking at your relationship and your faith in Jesus Christ? Now, I'm not saying that having faith in Jesus Christ or belonging to Christ 
is going to magically solve how you feel in church. I do think, for the most part, it probably will help, but maybe, maybe not completely. But that's not why we go to church. We don't go to church to belong to people. We go to church because we belong to Christ. I hope that was helpful for you today, and I hope that you have a good day. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you.